We're talking around dreams and visions tonight. This gets me excited. Start of a new year. Some of you might want to discard 2020. Some of you might want to take momentum from that year through. But whatever your circumstance is this year as you start a new year, I just really believe that getting a fresh vision for a new year is so vital for us. I believe that God orchestrated time, so weeks, months, days, years, four chances for us to reset. Every day is a new day. Every week is a new week. And every year is a new year. And so I just wanted to encourage us tonight. And I wanted to talk into uh, your dream for your life. I know because I read my Bible and because I've seen it in people's lives that God has a specific dream for each and every one of you. There is a reason that He created you and there is a dream that He places in each of our hearts. Now, these dreams can be literal dreams. Some people will get a dream of their future. Some people may have a vision, which just happens when you're awake. It can be, if you're really lucky, and I would love this, an open vision, or it can be something where your eyes are closed, but you just see a picture in your mind's eye. Others of us, which is really similar to my story, is that you have a dream on the inside of you and you can't even know like where it came from. It's just always been there. And really, no matter what circumstance you find yourself, whether you're someone who gets a dream or that dreams within, whatever it is, it's important for us to actually work out how does God see our dreams come to pass. And so that's what I wanted to share around tonight. And really, I just believe we're going to go through the story of Abraham in a moment. And there's really three kinds of people in three stages that Abraham goes through in this story. And that's getting the dream. So you might be in here today and in all honesty, you're going, look, I I have no idea what that purpose is for my life. I don't know what God's dream is for me. I've never had a dream. I don't even have a dream within. I'm just here and I'm not sure why. And that's totally okay. And then the second person that might be here, and that's probably most of us, is where you have an idea of what your dream is, but you're in that waiting bay. It's like a, a waiting room and you're just waiting for it to come to pass, but you haven't seen it be fulfilled just yet. Or you're in the stage where, I pray we all get to this, where we're living in our dream, where our dreams have been fulfilled and where we're living a life with dream situations coming to pass and God's moved powerfully. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in today, I really believe that this story of Abraham will help us as we, as we begin 2021. So if you have your Bible or your phone, as most of us use nowadays, um, who here loves a paper Bible? Who uses a paper Bible? Yeah, come on. I love them. You can draw all over them, highlight them, scribble. I reckon we need to bring them back to church. The issue is when you get like a massive study Bible and it's like a weird flex. You walk in and you've got this like two kilo Bible. Unfortunately, it's not like bigger the Bible, better the Christian. But if you kind of, if you, I have a big Bible, so I'm talking myself down here. I love it. But um, anyway, complete side topic. Let's start to bring our Bibles to church, I think. Start with me next week. Um, Genesis 12, 1 to 4 in NLT. We're going to go through the story of Abraham. In your Bible, you'll find it from Genesis 12 to 22, but we're not going to read 10 chapters today. Uh, It says this. It says, The Lord has said to Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. If you're 75 here today, it's not too late to get your dream. (laughs) Amen. I pray it comes earlier, though. Um, But anyway, the first point I want to make about this is if we, I'm talking about if tonight had a message title, it would be stages of a dream. And I would call this stage one, and that's getting the dream. So if you're in here today and you're thinking, how do I get my dream? This is how. God gives Abram two instructions before giving him his dream. Separate yourself and then position yourself. You'll see it says, leave your native country. In other words, leave your old mindsets. Leave the place that you've been in. Leave that friend group that's pulling you back. Leave those choices behind that were poor and holding you back. 
Whatever it is to you, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. That could be a number of different things for you guys today. But that's the first point, that God will often call you before he speaks to you to leave something or somewhere. And the next part is to position yourself. It says, then the Lord said to Abram, then the Lord said to Abram, when did he say to Abram? Once he had left, once he was in a new place. And so many of us in here tonight, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't got your God dream yet, if you don't know what it is, or if you're just simply asking God for a dream, sometimes that will require leaving something in your past, leaving old thinking, leaving old habits, and then positioning yourself in a place where God can speak. Positioning yourself, just to be really practical, is having a quiet time each morning. Quiet time is a, is a phrase we use in church where we sit down and we read our Bible and we spend time with Jesus and we pray and we worship like we did today. All of those things will set you up in a position where you can hear the voice of God and get a dream for your life. So that's stage one, getting the dream. If that's you here today, I would encourage you, apply those things. This next part is where, like I said, most of us would probably find ourselves. And this is, if I was gonna call it something, stage two, fulfilling the dream. This is where... We've often heard God speak, like I said, whether it was a a literal dream or an impression in our heart of where we're headed in life. But this is the waiting room. And often this is the longest time, right? The dream can come really quick. But then for Abraham, I believe it was like 25 years from dream to dream fulfillment. And I pray for all of you that it isn't 25 years. But if it is, it's because God's doing something. And quite often in this time, this is where God is setting us up to succeed in that dream. Quite often, if God just took us from the dream into that dream, we wouldn't be prepared. We wouldn't have the capacity. It's kind of like you just begin gym and someone throws 100 kilos on the bench. It would squish you, right? Either that or you just have freak genetics. But either way, it would most likely squish you. And so what God does is he goes, one day you're going to bench 100. And then he goes, here's 10 kilos. Here's 20 kilos. Here's 30 kilos. And he'll build you up. But I just want to share three points from this story of Abraham. So we're going to pick back up in Genesis 14, or 13, 14 to 17. It says this, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go, walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. The point I want to make about this stage of fulfilling your dreams from this part of the story is that God separated Abraham and Lot. Lot was um, Abraham's nephew. Now, what we know from Lot in the Bible is that he keeps getting himself in trouble for one reason. He doesn't see God and he uses his natural instinct. So when I see Lot in the Bible, what I think of is carnality, which basically is like doing your human instinct, not relying on God. And the reason that they separated is because at this point, God had blessed Abraham and Lot so much that they just simply had too many cattle, too many people, all these things to sustain them in the land. So they had to separate. But Abraham said, hey, Lot, I'll let you choose first. You go wherever you want and I'll go in the other direction. But this is the difference between Abram and Lot. And this is a lesson we need to learn why we're in the waiting room of our dream. And that is to seek God's will, right? Abraham looked at the land and he's like, that's the greenest part. That looks pretty good. I'm going to go there. What, what he didn't know is that that part of the land was inhabited by people that were wicked, that had poor motives, that were, that were cruel, all these things. But in the natural, it looked good. And so for you and I today, quite often what can happen when we're in this waiting room is God is seeing, he's waiting for us to separate ourselves from our natural thinking. Quite often, God's plan will be counterintuitive. It'll be opposite to what would normally be the case. And so in this season of waiting, we need to learn to God, is there anything in my life, any way of thinking, something that I need to separate myself from? Amen. And so we'll continue on with the story of um, Abraham. And the next part about this stage of fulfilling your dreams is that God will often reposition your focus back on himself. 
In Genesis 15, 1 to 6, it says, After this, so after Lot and Abram had separated, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, dreams and visions. He said, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me, since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my land is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Quite often in this case where we're just waiting for our dreams to become fulfilled and we're working towards them, we're increasing the weights on our bench, so to speak. Our focus can get really narrow on that. And quite often what God wants to do is he's the one that gave us the dream and he's the one that fulfills it. In other words, rather than just focusing on the dream all the time, we set our focus back on Jesus Christ. In other words, we don't come into prayer and go, God, I'm waiting for that dream straight up. You come into prayer and go, Jesus, I'm available. I love you. I'm here for you and you alone. I come to you first. And from that place, then I start believing for my dream. It's like a resetting of priorities. And so I just want to encourage you here today. If you're in that place where you're waiting on God to do something amazing, seek God for God first. Don't, we, don't, we don't want to be a people, right, that come to God because He can do something for us or come to God because He can fulfill our dreams. We want to come to God because He's God. We want to come to God because He loves you. And so I just want to encourage you here today, if you're waiting for that dream, first and foremost, whenever you come to Jesus, come to Him for Himself before anything else. The next part of this story in fulfilling your dreams, I told you this was a long stage, is don't create an Ishmael. Genesis 16, 1 to 3. This is in the time that they've been waiting. So God said, it's through your bloodline, I'm going to create this entire nation. At the time, he was only married to Sarah. In other words, it's going to come through her. It was pretty obvious. But in Genesis 16, 1 to 3, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children to him. She had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So they'd waited 10 years. Who can agree that's a pretty like, long time? 10 years. 10 years ago, I was a 17-year-old kid running around like a madman. And I'm sure 10 years ago, life was very different to you guys. But 10 years they've waited. So you can understand why they got impatient. But what they tried to do was they knew God's will, but they tried to fulfill it in their own strength. And that's what really Ishmael stands for for us in our lives is in this season of waiting, resist the urge to try and make it happen in your own strength. Because what ends up happening is you end up creating an Ishmael. As we go through the Bible and as you read through Genesis, you see what a problem that became. Like from Ishmael came in another nation that were always at odds with Israel. And so because of one choice of trying to force God's will, a whole lifetime of issues happened. And this nearly happened to me. And I'm very thankful that God speaks um, through other people. I was, um, some of you may know that I am in medical school currently. I'm just about to start third year, which I'm super excited. But um, in this whole process of getting into medical school, it started back in 2009. So I was in year 10. And um, that's, like I said, I had kind of a dream on the inside of me. And that was always my dream to become a doctor. And so I started to work towards that. And at the end of school, I finished with an OP5, which was good, but it wasn't what I needed. And so I had to take another route in and I did a science degree. And then after finishing that, I started to work as a scientist. But in this gap from 2009 to 2019, I ended up sitting the entry exam into medical school five times, which really sucked. It's an entire day exam. 
costs 250, no, actually, I think it's up to about $500 now to sit. So that's 2,500 bucks. You can only sit it once a year, and the failure rate's 85%. So in other words, of all the thousands of people that sit it, 15% actually make it into medical school. And so I'm slogging away. Every time I sat it, a little bit more disappointment. In 2017, I went and spent 6,500 bucks on a tutoring course um, to help me to get in. So at this point, it had been nine years and $9,000. And then finally, in 2017, I um, got an offer for an interview, my first one yet, to go down to Wollongong University in Sydney. And so I flew down, drove down um, from Sydney, and then did the interview. And then two weeks later, I got an offer, which was amazing. I was like, this is it. I've made it. I'm in. But something just didn't quite feel right on the inside about the whole situation. And so I did what was wise, and I would encourage you guys when you have any big decision to make. I prayed about it. I spoke to my leaders, amazing men in this church, spoke to my family. I did a whole number of things to just try and get it, but something just didn't feel right. And in the logical sense, like I said with Ishmael, logically it made sense to take that offer, right? At this point, I'd been trying for like nine years, spent all that money, and I had this offer on the table. But about... I think it was around six months before that offer came, we had an amazing man of God, Pastor Trent Membre, who's from New Zealand, come to the church. And I had the tremendous honor of just chaperoning him and helping him find his way around. And he walked into the green room. And if you've ever met Pastor Trent, he's pretty, he's pretty full on. I love him. I hope he hears this. But he looked me square in the eye. And he's just like, I want to pray for you. And I was like, all right, I can't say no. Like he's <laughs> scaring the heck out of me. Um, but the first thing he says, he goes, I don't know. He didn't know me from a bar of soap. First time he's met me. And he goes, I, I don't know if you've got a partner, but you're going to be married soon. And what he didn't know is two weeks before that, I'd just bought a wedding ring. Yeah, pretty crazy. And I hadn't told anyone. So at this point, my ears pricked up and I'm like, all right, God, whatever's coming after this, I know it's on, like it's accurate. And then he said this amazing thing. He said, I'm going to find in here. He said, God was going to open a door no man could open and that I'd been believing for something for a very long time. God had seen my hard work and was going to reward me. And so in this two weeks after getting the offer and waiting to whether I take it or not, I had this word like stirring in me. And then I really began to realize that Wollongong was something that I'd produced in my own strength. It wasn't that it was bad. And to be honest with you, God may have blessed it, but it wasn't a miracle, so to speak. And so I did the absolutely lunatic thing and turned it down. And then what happened next is amazing. And this is what I want to encourage you here today. If you're waiting on your dream, wait for God to do it. Three weeks, yeah, three months later, um, Griffith University came over um, and took the rights to the Sunshine Coast University Hospital here. Before that, um, another uni was in there. Um, and for the first time, they decided to start a campus off-site beginning from year one all the way through to year four. And so lo and behold, I applied. And this one actually was probably above the scores that I got, but I got an interview. And once I had the interview, I was like, come on, it's gonna, this is it. Um, and I ended up getting an offer. And so I started there at the beginning of 2019 on the Sunshine Coast without having to leave my home church, near my family, now married to my beautiful wife. And so, come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. But that's what God does, right? He gives you a word and sometimes he'll test it. He'll give you that opportunity, not because he's trying to make you make the wrong decision, but because he wants to see where your heart's at. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're in that zone of just waiting for God to fulfill your dream, don't create an Ishmael. Hold on, believe Jesus, because his plan is always better, always better. And stage number three of a dream, like I said before, this is for people who are living in God's dream. And to be honest with you, this probably applies to every single stage of the dream and every single part of our life. And that's placing our dream on the altar. And the story picks back up with Abraham. He ends up fixing the Ishmael situation. God supernaturally opens Sarah's womb. They're 100 years old. She's 99 and they have a son called Isaac. Great name. Um, and then fast forward a few years, we come to Genesis 22, 1 to 5. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. 
Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So the next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with Isaac, his son. Then he chopped wood for the burnt offering, set out for the place which God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go and travel a little farther. We will worship there and we will come right back. We'll jump down to verse nine for time's sake. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it, tied his son Isaac, laid him on top of the altar. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At, the mo- at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. And this is why, for now that I know you truly fear God, you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. This stage of our dream or, or, or our life really, where we're living in our dream, is the place of surrender. And it might be that you have that chance to create an Ishmael. Same thing, it's a place of surrender. The reason God does this is not because he's trying to be mean or kill your dream. We need to understand that Isaac was God's idea. He gave Abraham that dream. And in those preparation years of waiting for the dream, we can tell that God and Abraham have formed a really beautiful connection because later on in the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, it gives us insight into this whole situation. Right, the crazy thing when I read this story is that once God gave him that really full-on command, it says he rose early the next morning and left. In other words, no hesitation, he just did it. And in the book of Hebrews, it goes on to tell us that Abraham just believed that God, he, he, he knew God's promise. He knew that the nation was gonna come through Isaac. So it says that he, he reasoned in his heart that if he would go through with this, that God would raise Isaac back to life. So it's like we get an insight into what Abraham was thinking. We see it as well when Abraham speaks to his servants. He says, we will worship there and we will come back. In other words, Abraham's going to the altar knowing that this is a test. But why does God test us? It says right at the end when he says, do not hurt him in any way for now that I know you truly fear God. The, The fear of the Lord isn't being scared of him, right? The fear of the Lord is a reverential awe knowing that I would have never got Isaac if it wasn't for God. And if God wants Isaac back, he can have him. It's a place of surrender, knowing that God always wants the best for our lives. It's the place where God's taking you further and deeper into your relationship with Him. See, when we give our hearts to God, we become one of His family. We become a son or a daughter. But there is a higher place God wants to take us all, and that's to make us a friend. And the the crazy thing in the Bible is you can be a son or a daughter, and you can be a servant, but not everyone is called friend. And in Psalm 25, 14, it says, The Lord is a friend to those who fear Him. He teaches them his covenant. Later on in the book of Isaiah 41 and 2 Chronicles, it refers to Abraham again. And it says, Abraham, God's friend. And so what I wanna encourage you here tonight, maybe you are living in God's dream for your life. And I'm not telling you to go stick it on the altar and put a knife to it. But what I am saying is that when we come into that place with God, he has a higher purpose for our life than even fulfilling our dreams. He wants to fulfill your dream. He gave you your dream. But more than that, He wants to make you a friend. More than that, he wants intimacy with you. He wants him in your life. The fear of the Lord is saying, God, you and no other. I love you. I adore you. And my friends, like I'm living in my dream. I love going to medical school. But if God asked me to give it up today, I would. 
And there's one reason I would do that, because I know his plan for me is good and beautiful. And at the end of the day, the more that I obey him, the closer I come to him. And that is the utmost desire of my heart. And so today, I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity to respond to any one of those stages of the dream. Maybe you're sitting in here today and you're like, I still don't know what that dream is. And in a moment, I just want to pray with you. Or maybe you're in the waiting room. You know what your dream is and you're just waiting for God to fulfill it. I would love to pray for you also. Or maybe you're in that situation at the end where you're you're living a good life. God has blessed you, but you just want to be taken deeper into a relationship with Him. So I just want to pray with all of you. So if you'll just close your eyes and really just set your eyes on Jesus as best as you can. And whatever situation you're in, just apply this prayer to your life. Jesus Christ, I pray right now in your precious name for dreams and visions in Jesus' name. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would just begin to speak to hearts that if they don't know their dream for their life, Holy Spirit, I pray you would begin to whisper it. I pray for pictures in people's hearts right now, Jesus, of what you've got planned for them in 2021. I pray, Holy Spirit, even tonight as people go home, that they would begin to have dreams of what you've got planned for them in Jesus' name. And Father, for those in this room that know the dream that you've placed in their heart and they're working towards it, they're trusting you, they're faithfully serving you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take them deeper into a relationship with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they would have the strength to trust you, to not create Ishmael's, but to wait for Isaac's. And Jesus, I just pray lastly for all of us, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would always seek you more than any dream, more than any desire. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, hearts would just be set on you and that you would begin to speak to them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make us friends tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. And Jesus, we just pray tonight, Lord God, for the most amazing 2021. Jesus, I just release a blessing over each and every person in this room. Take them deeper, fulfill their dreams, walk with them the whole way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys.